Praise the Lord, church. Why don't we lift up our hands? Let's take about 60 seconds to worship him. Jesus, you're worthy of all the glory, God. You're worthy of all the praise, God. I thank you for another day, another opportunity, Jesus. Hallelujah, for you deserve all the glory, God. You deserve all the praise, God. For you are high and lifted up, Jesus. I don't deserve to be here today. Come on, somebody thank him here today. Hallelujah, where would I be without him? Where would I be without his mercy, without his love? Come on, don't look around, just praise him. Praise him for his excellency. Praise him in the good and the bad times. God, you're worthy here today, Jesus. Hallelujah, I lift up your name, God. In Titus chapter 3, in verse 3, it says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. In verse 4, it says, But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared. Chapter, or verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. And the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Does somebody come here tonight to get renewed this evening, this afternoon, to get re refilled, to get renewed with the Holy Ghost? Let it be known by the lifting of your hands. Come on. I know there's some people missing here tonight. But I want to worship Almighty God because at the end of the day, He's the one that deserves it. Come on, somebody lift up your hands. Praise and worship Him. God, I worship you here today, God. I magnify your name, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Why don't we lift up his name, praise him. Jesus, you're worthy of all the glory, God. I magnify you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Ooh, it's, good in, uh, it's good to be in the house of God. Ooh, pardon me. I'm running on Holy Ghost, and this is not an advertisement, Starbucks. Because I just got in last night from my, my trip, and it's good to be home. Uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do in the house today. <clears throat> have a few announcements, uh, so you can be seated. First and foremost, uh, Pastor Hood and Sister Hood extend their love. They're preaching um, her father and his father-in-law's 16th anniversary service in Orlando, and they actually stole uh, Brother Jonathan, you know, so... Let's wish them all well. Keep them in our prayers. Uh, they had two people baptized last night in service. <clears throat> They're excited about what's happening. And uh, I will say this. I said this in Fallon. I don't want to be redundant, but I'm, I'll say it here. And that is uh, I, I couldn't agree more with uh, Pastor Hood when I first spoke to him. And I said, hey, have a great trip. And his, re his response invoked thoughts of pastor buxton because he would say the same thing and i don't think brotherhood knew what pastor but i can't wait to be home Th those were his direct words quote and i agree because i i'm happy to be home and i i guarantee he wants to be here more than anywhere else uh for those interested in our new life classes we're going to be taking new students we're basically halfway through but it's not a bad time to get in on the class so if you're 12 years old or and up you're good to go for level one. Come and see me. I'll sign you up. I'll be feeding you donuts and snacks in the, uh, before we have church on Sundays. I, if that doesn't work, then I don't know what to do. But just come see me. Uh, there's a few of you that I know have not made it through those classes yet. And even if you just want refresher, you're welcome to come too. But you got to sit through the class if you want to get the donut and the, all that good stuff. All right. Clear. And we're going to continue uh, revival services with evangelist uh, Brendan Claiborne from Rialto, California, and his wife here. Um, it's going to be happening after. I'm looking forward to today, but I'm also looking forward to Wednesday. But today is going to be what I'm really looking forward to. So bring a friend, family, and neighbors. Vacation Bible School. That is happening starting tomorrow. And uh, I can see some of the decorations out there. It's going to be an awesome time. If you know anybody who's of that age, get them in here, and uh, we're going to be doing an outreach. Uh, we're going to be doing an outreach uh, for the culmination of the va Vacation Bible School, so we're going to be doing a family crusade, and uh, that's basically code for we're going to have a good time in church, and then we're probably going to let the kids bounce in a bounce house and eat candy and, you know, all the good stuff. Um, so don't forget, if you can be here, and we're looking for volunteers that want to help out with Vacation Bible School. So if you want to help out, see Sister or Brother Rodriguez, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, we have a few prayer requests up here. Before I get into that, one last announcement. Uh, the Elder Whirlies are having an annual barbecue at their place, June 29th at 12 p.m. Everybody's invited. Um, talk to them if you'd like to go, and everybody knows who that is. So we have a few prayer requests. Um, <clears throat> Let's stand now. <clears throat> Let's pray for Sister Linda's mom. She needs healing. Pray for Sister Bridget, uh, that God would heal and deliver her. She's, she was doing outstanding for quite a while. 
while we had her in the New Life classes, and uh, she's hungry for God. I, I want to see her in the house of God. Uh, and then also con continue to pray for Sister Cote and Brother Cote. And then there's a couple of other ones added up here, and that is uh, Maggie Baseman is on oxygen and needs healing. Or, yeah, that's Maggie that used to attend here, correct? Okay, so most of you know who that is. <clears throat> and then another prayer request for Elijah. Uh, we, need to, we need to work on him to get a touch from God to, to, uh, to, be, more, to be more like God. Let's just leave it at that. He, he, needs, to, he needs to be it, brought into this body of Christ so that he's going to fit in and he, he's not going to feel out of place and then do things that kids do when they don't feel like they're desired. And then last but not least, we uh, would like to pray for Brother Guillermo, and that's a personal prayer request. Let's take these prayers right now up to the Lord Jesus. I love you, God. I praise you, Jesus. You know each and every need. I trust in you and believe in you, God. You will, you will, you will meet and exceed these needs, God. These are your people, Jesus. These are your saints, God. These, these are your people that serve you and love you, Jesus. Each and every need, you know, you, you made them. God, and you will be a healer to their mind, body, and soul. Amen. At this time now, we're going to take up our offering. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little tired, but uh, <laughs> but this is, this, is, this is where I love to be. And you all just look amazing today. You just look great. And that's the best way to get the crowd on your side is just telling them that they look good. And they're like, yeah, I do look good. So you all look great. You look lovely. Let's have some awesome church and let's pray for this offering. Jesus, bless the gift and the giver. Uh, take this offering into your storehouses and return it unto those that give unto you, God, by need. And we pray that you will continue to do miracles and have an, the best vacation Bible school that we've ever had. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, and let's praise him in song.
on, somebody lift up your voice. Worship him, Jesus. You're worthy of all the glory, God. You're worthy of all the praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for what you're doing right now, God. You're merciful, God. You're everlasting, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody let out a, a war cry right now, Jesus. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. I'll praise you, God. I'll lift you up in the good and the bad, Jesus. Hallelujah, for you are worthy, God. Hallelujah, you are worthy, Jesus. Woo, how many are excited to have church? We're already having it. Come on, somebody needs to jump in. Don't be scared to have church here today. Come on, I've come too far. Hallelujah, I've seen too much, but God is merciful. He is great. Hallelujah, if you have a need here tonight, lift up your hands one more time. Worship him. God, I thank you here today for what you're going to do, God. I come with an expectancy on my heart, God. I come, Jesus, with my hands and my voice lifted up to you, God. Hallelujah, for you are worthy, God. You are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. At this time, I want to bring the man of God, our evangelist, up. Hallelujah. Preach to us. Have your liberty in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you for standing. Amen. As my wife comes and prepares to uh, sing, worship in song, I do just want to say um, how good it is to be here with all of you on Sunday afternoon. Amen. Got to be with you all Wednesday night, and here we are back at it again on a Sunday afternoon. Amen. How many are excited to be in church today? I think, I think I got probably 80% of you, which is good, but I'm just going to ask one more time. How many are excited to be in church today? Amen. Amen. This, this is the place where anything can happen. You know, God, God can do anything regardless of these four walls, uh, but there is something special that happens when we gather together and our faith mixes together. And great and powerful and mighty things can happen. And if you're visiting with us today, let me just say on behalf of your pastoral staff and on behalf of your pastor in his absence, that uh, this church is very, very glad that you're here if you're visiting with us today. And uh, amen, that's appropriate. And uh, more importantly, Jesus is very glad that you're here. Amen. You're not here by accident. None of us are here by accident. And uh, let me just say this before I, I, I turn to the word. Uh, in fact, let me give my scriptures right now. And so you can, uh, I can give those to you ahead of time. Uh, first, we will read uh, Luke 24, verses 1 through 9. Luke 24, verses 1 through 9. Then we, we, will, we will read Romans 6, 3 through 5. Romans 6, 3 through 5. And then we'll read Romans 8, 11. Amen. A little bit extra scriptures this morning. Um, but everything we do, if it's not founded in the word of God, then it doesn't matter. Amen. And so we are going to uh, set, set off with a good foundation this morning. Um, and I do want to say, uh, in your pastor's absence as well, I want to give him honor today. Um, like uh, the brother mentioned today, that he is in Orlando, Florida. And he uh, texted me as well and said there were two baptisms in Jesus' name last night. And I guess there's more to be expected today. 
So praise God what he's doing all around the country. Amen. And uh, I believe from coast to coast, the same things can happen here today. If people can be baptized in Orlando, Florida, why can't they be baptized in Carson City, Nevada? Amen. So whatever you need, if you need your sins washed away or if you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God has it all for you today. Amen. Without further ado, I do want to uh, welcome my, my lovely wife to sing. And please, if you know the song, worship with us, worship with her as she sings this morning. And he knows my name. Yes, he knows my name. Yes, he knows my name. Lift your hands and yes, sing this with us. 
doesn't matter what that doctor says because how he comforts me and know how he counsels me if you're thankful that he never left you nor forsook you hallelujah why don't you just sing these words hallelujah he's with me and know how he Let's worship him a little right now. Oh, he is here in this house. He is here in this house. He's a friend. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He knows your story this morning. He wants to help you. Are you thankful for that name? One more time, can we worship him right now all over this house? Hallelujah. Come on, can you lift your voice? Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you for your spirit that we feel so readily here in this place this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that he's never far from any one of us. Amen. That Jesus is ready to heal, to forgive. He's in this place moving through these pews this morning. Hallelujah. And I believe we are perfectly positioned to step into the next arena, the next dimension of the spirit that God wants us to go to today. In Jesus' name. How many want to know him just a little bit more? How many want to go just a little bit deeper with him? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you to my wife for playing and singing. Amen. Leading us into worship. Amen. I want to thank your music team as well for playing and singing so passionately and anointed. Amen. Amen. I do want us to turn to the word of the Lord. We'll begin with Luke 24, 1 through 9. 
Now, the Bible says he knows the number of hairs on our head. So I'm pretty sure he knows our name. I'm pretty sure he knows our circumstance. He's pretty sure he knows right where we are. Amen. Luke 24, verses 1 through 9 says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, which is just the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Are you thankful the stone was rolled away? And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? You're looking in the wrong place. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the tomb, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. Amen. Jesus died, was buried, and, as we know, rose again. Let's continue to Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. Amen. And it reads this way, Romans 6, verses 3 through 5. If you're there, uh, just read along with me. Amen. It says, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. One more passage of scripture. I know you're standing. Amen. Just move your legs a little bit so they don't fall asleep. Romans 8:11 says this, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells inside of you. Amen. As we just read in these two passages, if we want to associate ourselves with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, if we want to apply that to our life, if we want to obey the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is, as we know, the gospel, amen, we do this by being baptized into his death and being risen again, so to speak, by the same spirit that rose him from the dead, amen, comes and enters us, fills us, and also gives, uh, gives us newness of life and gives us the power of his resurrection. Amen? Amen. So that's what I want to talk to us about today. I want to talk to us about this thought, raised to life. Raised to life. Amen. Now, I really do believe, and I know I'm with people that believe this with me, no matter what happened in the car on the way here, no matter what happened yesterday or the week or the month before, you are here in a place where the slate can be wiped clean. You are here in a place of new beginnings. Anything can happen in the house of God. It does not matter what has happened up to this point. This is a new point. This is a new beginning. And there's absolutely nothing that God cannot do, that God cannot accomplish in between these four walls this morning. If you believe that and you're going to help me preach, I want you to lift your voice and put your hands together. And one more time, just remove every distraction from your mind mind. Let's focus on the Lord right now. Let's give him all of our heart, our praise, and our worship right now. Let's do that. In 
Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. Amen. For the disciples who were close friends and associates with Jesus Christ, the day of his resurrection and the day of his death and burial was anything but a happy time. We can look back on the story now and we can read it And we read it when we take communion and we read it for Easter and we read it for the day of Pentecost and we read it to our kids and we take great joy and happiness in the blood of Jesus, which sounds a little weird if you don't know the story, but but if you know what the blood symbolizes and if you know that he didn't just die but he did rise again, if you know the whole story, then you can be happy and you can take joy and obviously receive salvation from that story. But for those who were standing in the middle of it, for those who were watching Jesus in agony, his bones broken and nails piercing his his wrists and a spear piercing his sides, those who had to watch a crown of thorns digging deeper into Christ's head, it was anything but happy for them. It was anything but a season of life. the, The resurrection was not on their mind. All they saw was that wooden cross and those steel iron nails. All they saw was a weeping Savior. All they saw was pain. All they saw was their friends just in absolute emotional agony, not only to see someone dying in front of their very eyes, but to see their Savior dying in front of their very eyes, to see the man that they have committed their lives to for the past three to three and a half years now giving up the ghost and now dying there. All their hopes were dashed and everything that they thought would happen was now gone and and they thought that Jesus was going to come and establish a literal throne and he was going to overthrow the empire that was occupying them. They thought there was going to be a literal political rule and reign and Jesus was going to sit on a literal throne in that region but they were gravely mistaken and so they thought all their hopes and all of their desires were dashed amen they had to watch amen Jesus's family around that cross just mourning and weeping what I'm trying to remind someone is, is, is that in that time period, for those, for those disciples, it was not a happy time. It was not anything that looked like hope or, or, or a resurrection or anything good. Everywhere that they looked, all they saw was death. Everywhere that they looked, all they smelt was death. Everywhere, when they tried to go to bed at night, all they could dream about and think about was death, was their Savior hanging on that cross. It was nothing but death and mourning and heaviness and darkness all around them. Everywhere they looked. But what they did not realize is that this painful, agonizing death was not something that took Jesus by surprise, but it was something that Jesus had planned the entire time before the foundations of the world were created. God had planned to send that perfect, sinless sacrifice. He had planned to send himself to come down to earth, to robe himself in flesh and die for our sins. Come on, can we thank him for that right now? Amen. Therefore, where everyone else saw death, 
Jesus' friends when all they could see was death. Jesus' enemies, all they could see was death, and they were quite happy about it. What about the spirits that were surrounding that place, the demons and Satan himself looking upon the cross? All they could see was death. His friends were saddened, and his enemies were rejoicing. But where everyone else saw death, God only saw life because he had this thing planned all along. So what should have been the very end of the story, was actually the very beginning of the story. And I've come with a simple message to remind somebody today that where you and I can only see death, where you and I can only see impossibility, when you and I can only smell death, when you and I can only see the hopelessness and the pain and the sickness and the anxiety, God still sees life. Where you and I see death, God sees potential for a resurrection. Where you and I see hopelessness, God sees an abundance of hope and life forevermore. Where you and I see failure, God sees that the failure is not final. When you and I settle for less, God settles for so much more. And I've come to preach to someone today. There's a dead situation that God wants to resurrect today. Maybe, maybe, maybe you are literally at death's door physically. Maybe, maybe you are very, very sick in your body. Or perhaps it's not a physical thing. Maybe it's a mental or an emotional thing. And you just feel dead. And you just feel numb. And you come into the house of God. And you look at people crying and weeping around you. But, but, but never a tear on your face. You just don't feel anything. Life's been too hard to you. You've been too beat up by the waves and the situations of life. You've, you've done too much to hurt others and others have done too much to hurt you that now you're just numb and now you just can't feel what you want to feel and you just feel like it's hopeless for you. Yeah, that's great for all those church folk. That's great for all those Bible thumpers, but not for me. No, no, I'm just, you don't know what I've done and you don't know what's been done to me and I just feel dead and I just feel hopeless and my bones feel like there's no life in them, but I've come to remind you that even if you feel dead, even if you're close to death, it doesn't matter the situation. Even if all you can see and smell and here is death, Jesus still sees so much life in you and in your situation. Hallelujah. 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 What about in Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12? It lets us know of a story of a young man named Eutychus. Amen. And the story tells us that that they were all in an upper room and Paul was preaching to them. And the Bible says that Paul preached until midnight. Amen. Don't worry, I'm not going to be like Paul today. I'm not going to be preaching until midnight. Amen. Everybody will get up and walk out on me. Amen. The Bible says that there was many lights there in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And the Bible says there sat in the window that young man named Eutychus, and he fell into a deep sleep. And because Paul was so long-winded, the Bible says, literally, Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep, and Eutychus fell from the third story, fell out of the window, and was dead as he hit the ground. And Paul, the Bible says, went down on him and fell on him and embraced him and told the, the gathering crowd, he said, don't worry, trouble not yourselves. And they said, Paul, how, how could you, they were probably thinking, how could you think that? Trouble not yourselves, you were preaching and someone just died during your preaching. Your preaching is supposed to bring people back to life. Your preaching is supposed to bring hope and someone just died during your sermon. What do you mean trouble not yourself? He was a young man and his life and potential was ahead of him. The stars were on his mind and college was in front of him and, 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 and a great destiny was in front of him. Now he's dead. What do you mean trouble not yourselves? 
Well, the next line explains it. For Paul said, his life is still in him. And the Bible says, when Eutychus was come up again and broken bread and eaten and talked for a long while, even until the break of day, they departed. They brought the young man alive and they were greatly comforted. I'm here to let someone know first that, that this, this, this scripture lets us know, and that, just stay with me for a minute. The scripture lets us know that there were many lights on in that upper room in Acts 20 and verse 8. And if you would allow me just a little bit of liberty here, let, 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 in, in my mind's eye, when I see Eutychus falling from this window, I see an, a very embarrassing situation. Amen. I see someone that couldn't hold it together during the preaching. Amen. And he's, he's foolishly sitting in a precarious position with one foot inside where the preaching's going and one foot outside in, into the world. And he's sitting there on that windowsill and he falls asleep and many lights were on. And so this lets me know that if many lights were on, there's different reasons as to why the lights, uh, uh, why they included this in scripture. But, but my opinion is that if there were many lights on the room, that lets me know that probably everybody watched Eutychus fall. That probably everybody in the room got a good glimpse of Eutychus falling. Can I, just, can I just put this right here for someone here? Even if people watched you fall, even if people watched the mistake that you made, that does not mean that you cannot get back up, and it does not mean that there's no more life in you. Even if people watched your embarrassing situation, even if people know about the dirt on you, even if people know what you did, and it's horrifying, and it's graphic, and it's disturbing, that does not mean that you can't get back up. That doesn't mean that there's no more life. That doesn't mean that God can't heal you and resurrect you and fix your broken world. Come on, there's still life in him. Trouble not yourselves. There's still life in that young man. There's still life in that young woman. There's still life in that middle-aged man that's depressed and hurting and doesn't know where he's going to go. There's still life. There's still life. There's still life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The name Eutychus actually means good fortune or luck. And that night, guess what? His luck ran out. And it wasn't luck that saved him. It was Jesus that saved him. Because the only thing standing between you and death, the only thing standing between me and death is Jesus. You may have been living on luck up to this point, but guess what, sir? Guess what, ma'am? You can't live on luck forever. You need to live on Jesus. You need to rely on Jesus because he's the only one that can really give you life and really the only one that can save your life. Do not be alarmed. He's still alive. His life is still in him. I wish we could have the spirit of Paul and the spirit of Jesus this morning that says, I'm not going to write anybody off because there's still potential in him. I'm not going to dismiss her because just because she's hurt herself, just because she's done that same foolish thing to herself again. No, I'm not going to dismiss her. I'm not going to write her off because I still see life in her. No, I'm not going to write that young man off. I'm not going to leave him there to be dead because I still see so much life in him. We need to get the eyes of Jesus and look at the situation the way Jesus sees it and says, even if everyone else wrote me off, even if everyone else said I was no good, even if everyone else said I was just going to end up dead or in a prison cell somewhere, Jesus still sees so much life in me. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. Hallelujah. 
You say, why does this matter? Why are you so passionate about this this morning? Amen. Because, in a sense, I was that young man, Eutychus. Amen. I was that young man that put myself in precarious positions and fell and was spiritually dead and could have been physically dead if it wasn't for the grace of God and the hand of God in my life. If it wasn't for a God that looked down and said, I don't care what you're doing to yourself. I don't care what you think about yourself, young man. I'm going to keep on chasing after you. I'm going to keep on running after you because you're better than that and you've got more life in you than you realize. I don't care what they said. I don't care what your friends said. I don't care how your family just wrote you off and left you there in a pit to die. I still see so much potential in you. Amen. I was the one falling asleep during the preaching. I was the one that would come into church high. I was the one that would sneak alcohol into my high school and sneak drugs into my high school. I was the one that would that was going and buying and selling drugs at 14 years old. Amen. I was the one that was that was popping prescription pills more than I knew how to handle. I was the one sneaking into fraternity parties and and and, and dancing and partying with people twice my age. I was the one. I was that young man. Amen. That would wake up sometimes somewhere in a front lawn and wonder where he was and wonder what happened the previous night before. I was the one that lied and cheated and stole. I was the one that was breaking the commandments of God, amen, and living a horrible, sinful, hopeless life, amen. I I, I was the one that I, I manipulated others for my own selfish gain and others manipulated me for their selfish gain. It was a horrible, just just painful cycle of death and sin that I didn't think I was ever going to get out of. And there were a lot of people that looked at me and just thought, you're just the backslidden preacher's kid, grew up in a preacher's home, and here you are doing all this stuff, and hey, let's keep our kids away from him. I don't know if I want that kid coming over and hanging out at our house. Amen. He he seems like trouble, and and all of this, and there were people that looked at me, and I'm not mad at them, but they probably, if they're being honest, probably wrote me off. They probably didn't think there was much hope left for me, and how can I blame them? If you would have seen me seven or eight years ago, amen, you would have thought the same thing, but thank God that there was people and that there was a God that looked down on this poor this poor teenage wretch and said, no, there's still life in him. I don't care how much Vicodin he pops. I don't care how much Oxycontin, Oxycodone, Hydrocodone that he pops. Amen. He is still mine. I still want him. I still am going to save him if he will just repent and give himself to me. You can't tell me that anybody's too far gone. The Bible says even when we make our bed in hell, God is still there reaching for us. And if I pass this microphone around this room, there would be testimonies that would blow our minds of what God has done and the things he's brought us out of. So you can't tell me that it's too late for someone. You can't tell me, well, you don't know what I'm feeling. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what's been done to me. Amen. None of that is a good enough excuse. There are no excuses that are good enough when it comes to the grace and the mercy and the power of God. And there was a day at 17 years old, amen, where I finally decided to stop running. And I finally decided I'm sick of being in this dead situation. I'm sick of waking up every morning wondering why I'm alive, wondering what my purpose is, wondering why the, what, what, what meaning is there to life. No, the meaning's not just there in a nine to five. No, the meaning's not just there in relationships. No, the meaning's not there in fame or fortune. And there's plenty of evidence for all these things. I'm tired of living this meaningless, dead, purposeless life, waking up in the morning, amen, 
just with a knot in my throat saying, here I go again. I've got to somehow make it through this day again when I don't even really want to be living right now. That's the dead situation I was in. That was the dry bones I was in. But there was a day by the grace of God and because a lot of people were praying for me that at 17 years old, I got on my knees. Oh, hallelujah, I got on my knees, amen, in a small uh, uh, storage closet in my grandfather's basement in St. Louis, Missouri. And I got down on my knees and I said, God, I'm done running. I don't know, I don't even know if you can do anything with someone like me. I don't even know how much there is left to work with. But whatever it is, if there's any left, work with me. Help me. Save me. I repented of my sins. I wept and prayed and cried. God came into that room and he, he renewed me and the Holy Ghost and I began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. God forgave me. He set me free that day and I've never been the same since. Because God is a God of resurrection. God is a God of life. Even if it only looks dead to you and me, God still sees so much life, promise, and potential. Somebody praise him right now. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. You say, were you perfect since then, since that day you got on your knees? No, of course not. But I never looked back, and I never, I never dealt with depression the way I dealt before. I never questioned my life and my meaning and my purpose in my life ever again. I was forever transformed. Amen. And I, 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 I made sure of that repentance. I, I cried and I prayed for almost two days, and I stayed in that room, and I barely, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you my story. I, I, I barely ate, and I barely drank in that room, and, I, and, and the tissue shoes got got piled up to here almost amen and just just weeping and crying till your head is pounding and your stomach muscles are hurting because I said God I don't ever want to go back there to where I was before God I'm making a full a full commitment I'm not ever going back there again you can have my loser friends you can have my 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 my, my entertainment you can have my music you can have my media you can have my relationships you can have my drugs here's my bong, here's my pipe, here's 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 my here's everything, God. I don't want it anymore. All of it belongs to you. If I have to be totally alone, I will. I'm not letting anything hold me back from getting to you. Amen. But God did not leave me alone. And all the things that I was so worried about losing, God gave them back to me times ten. All those friends I was worried about losing that I used to party with, amen, God gave me friends that were twice as good, that actually loved me and cared about me, that actually would text me on a Friday night, say, I'm praying for you, instead of texting me on a Friday night saying, hey, come get drunk and plaster with me, come get high with me. Friends that actually had character, friends that actually had integrity. Everything that God took from me, he gave it back to me. Ten times better. But it's up to us. It's up to us if we want to stay where we are. God, God is offering. God is, God is here standing on the porch with open arms. 
And it's up to that boy that ran away from home to come running back to the porch and jump in father's arms. It's up to that young man. It's up to that daughter. Amen. God, God, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on any one of us. He doesn't take away our free will no matter how much he's grieved by our situation. It's up to you. If you don't want to be in the place that you're in anymore, if you don't want to be in the cycle of sin that you're in anymore, if you don't want to be stuck in the addiction and the pain anymore, it's up to us to take that step towards God and to have faith and say, God, I'm giving all of myself to you. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm not staying where I am any longer. Amen. Repentance is a powerful thing. If you've never repented of your sins, or maybe you don't even know what that term means, let me just briefly explain it to you. Repentance is literally, at least in English, a military term. And and, in the military, I don't know if they still use it, they would say repent. That word means literally to turn around. So whatever way you're facing, if you're facing addiction, if you're facing sin, if you're facing living in the world, when you repent, that's a decision to turn from this direction and turn towards God and start living for him. Repentance is an acknowledgement of your sins and asking for forgiveness from God for your sins. Repentance is a godly sorrow. Repentance is when you feel that thing in your gut, when you realize that you've broken God's heart and you've broken God's laws. Amen. You know, sometimes we people think that we can get away with just breaking God's laws, but you can't. God's laws, when violated, break us. The laws that he has set in place from, from, from time eternal cannot just be broken at our will. We've, we've got a conscience that God put in us. And if we just go and do whatever we want, guess what? We'll pay the consequences and the guilt and the conviction and all those things will come. Amen. God's laws are real. And it's much better when we decide, God, I'm not going to push up against your laws anymore. Instead, I'm going to turn towards you and live within the walls and the protection that your laws create for me, that your word creates for me. Hallelujah. I don't want to run anymore. I'm going to repent. And the Bible says when we come to God and when we lift our hands and we say, Jesus, I'm sorry for everything I've done, everything I've said, and everything I've thought. And I don't want to live that way anymore. And I want to be better and I want to be more like you. God answers every time. God will forgive us. God will hear our prayer and hear our cry and begin the process of transformation in us. Come on, how many saints of God know this is true? Amen. Are, are, are there any saints of God that are still thankful for the power of repentance? Still thankful that every day you can get on your knees and repent and God can help you? Hallelujah. God wants to raise somebody back to life today. Amen. No matter the situation, whether you, whether you are close to death or you just feel close to death, God wants to bring a resurrection into your story today. Maybe you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus. I wish we had enough time to just go through five Bible studies right now on baptism and the Holy Ghost, but, but I know a lot of you already know about these things. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, as we read in our scripture text, and that's just one scripture of many, amen, if you want to be raised to life like Jesus was raised to life, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptism in Jesus' name washes the records of all of our past, present, and future sins away. When you go down in water and someone speaks the name of Jesus over you and you come back up figuratively and symbolically, all your sins are still there at the bottom of that tank. God has forgotten and forgiven the record of all your sins. Hallelujah. 
It's more, than, it's more than just forgiving them, although that's important. God chooses, the Bible says, to forget them. God chooses to cast them away from himself. Amen? It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. I'm just going to take my time with this for a second. If you, if, you, uh, if you have speeding tickets, and I know nobody here has ever gotten a speeding ticket. Amen. If you have speeding tickets, amen, they go on your record, as you know, and they make your insurance go up, as I know all too well, unfortunately. Amen. And if you go to court about the speeding ticket, maybe you just got one, and you go to t- the court, the judge might look at you and say, okay, I, f- I forgive you. You don't have to pay the penalty for this. You don't have to pay the astronomical price of $675 that they're charging these days for speeding tickets. All right, you're off the hook. But guess what? That speeding ticket still goes on your record. He may have forgiven you of having to pay that penalty, but guess what? It still goes on your record. And just look at your monthly bill next month. Your insurance will go up. Amen. So, so what we would want to do and like the judge to do, right, is not only forgive the penalty, but to say, I'm also washing away this record of all the speeding tickets you've ever gotten. It's not just that Jesus forgives you for the penalty and then holds on to your record. When you're washed in baptism in Jesus' name, he washes away the entire record. And when you come to him and you say, what about my speeding tickets? He says, what speeding tickets? What are you talking about? Your record's gone. Your record's expunged. Your record's cleaned. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you can be baptized today for the removal, for the remission of all of your sins. Somebody praise him right now. This is huge. This is powerful. We must be baptized in the name of Jesus and rise with him in newness of life. Hallelujah. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, baptism and the Holy Ghost together, being born of the water and the Spirit, as Jesus said in John 3, 5, and as Peter said in Acts 2, 38, to repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that water, that Spirit. When you are born of the water and the Spirit, Holy Ghost and baptism, you have just applied the gospel to your life. You have just obeyed the death, burial, and resurrection. And now you too can walk in the newness of life with Jesus Christ. Christ. Now you too can have what your soul's always craved. Now you can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Do you need peace? Do you need joy? Do you need strength? This preacher here this morning, this young green preacher is trying to give you the answer. It's the peace and the joy and the righteousness that only comes from the Holy Ghost and from baptism in his name. He wants to raise you to life. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and you've never spoken tongues just like they did in the Bible, God wants to give you that experience today, this very morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will know that you've been filled. You will know that the Spirit has come in and filled you when you speak in another tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance, as only the Spirit can give the utterance. This is how they knew in Acts 10, Acts 8, Acts Acts 2, and Acts 19 when somebody was filled with the Holy Ghost, they knew for they heard them speaking in other tongues. Peter said when everyone was shocked at all these tongue talkers on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, why are you freaked out about this? This, what you see in here, is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And Joel said, in the last days, I will, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Peter was clearly equivocating the outward sign with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If you've never spoken in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance, amen, you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, God wants to give you that experience today. 
If you've, if you've wondered why you've church hopped and church hopped, why you've maybe grown up in church and gone to this denomination and that denomination and it's always felt dead and you've never really felt fulfilled, well, if you've never had that experience of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, that's why you still feel empty. That's why you still feel unfulfilled. Amen. Because dead religion will not fill the voids in your heart. The only thing that will is the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues. You say, but, but preacher, I felt goosebumps before and I felt good, but it always disappeared. It always went away. And the next day I just felt like, like the same old me again. Well, that might be because if I could just propose, you have not yet received the, the real thing that God has for us. You have not yet received the biblical experience of receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. This is the sign God has given us to prove and show to us, amen, that we have now been claimed as his, that he signed the adoption papers and the spirit of, the, of, of adoption has filled us. Amen. Come on, I know this is meat and potatoes for some of us, but my goodness, it's, it's true and it's life-saving. Amen. I, I know it's not new, but it's still true. <laughs> amen. I'm, I'm moving quickly. I'm closer to being done than you might think. Amen. You know, some of us, some of us, uh, you know, we, we might feel dead. We might appear to be dead. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you really are just in a bad spiritual place. Maybe you just feel like it and you just can't feel what you want to feel. And maybe if I could propose, could it be because sometimes we do not give all of our heart and all of our emotions to God? Could it be? You say, yeah, it could be, preacher, but you got to understand, I'm just not emotional. I'm just not an emotional person. Have you ever heard anyone tell you that before? I'm just not emotional. Well, with all due respect, of course you are. Because you're a human just like me, made in God's image, and all of us are emotional. It's not that you're not emotional. Could it be that you're just giving your emotions to things other than God? It's not that you're not emotional. Could it be that you're just reserved with your emotions in church? You know, it's funny. The people that say I'm not emotional, uh, 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 find them on a Friday night when they're watching their favorite soap opera on Netflix. And they're sitting there on their couch with a tub of Rocky Road ice cream. And they watch Johnny just broke up with, with Jake. And, and Jake just broke up with Susie. And they're sitting there crying, tears coming down their face in front of their TV. But, but they're not emotional, right? Right? Or, or what about, you know, the people that say, uh, you know, yeah, preacher, I'm just not emotional. But you find them on a Saturday night at Buffalo Wild Wings, and they're watching the Super Bowl or something like that, and they are screaming at the top of their lungs. They are running back and forth across the restaurant. They're high-fiving people they don't even know, complete strangers, saying, did you see that goal? Did you see that touchdown? Whoa, they're yelling, they're screaming. And then they come to church, and it's, well, preacher, I'm just not emotional. No. Of course you're emotional. Could it be that we have this problem in America where we give our emotions to everything and everyone else besides God? Could it be that we have this problem in America that we think we come to church and we just have to stay stiff? No, the God we serve is a living, alive, emotional God that made you with emotions and maybe you would start to feel more. Maybe you wouldn't feel so dead if you gave your emotions, your heart, your praise, and your worship to God. Why don't you just try it? You've given your emotion to everything and anyone else. You've given your emotion to that ex-boyfriend and ex-girlfriend that did you wrong. Why don't you try giving your emotion to God? Why don't you try? You say, preacher, I've never done this before. This is my first time in church. That's okay. Just try it. Just lift your hands and just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I don't know what all these crazy people are doing, but I want your presence. Just try giving a little bit of your emotions to God and watch. Watch what happens.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Of course we're emotional. Amen. And I don't want to give all my emotion to this and give all of my emotion to that and give all of my attention and give all of my energy to this or that except give my emotion to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, why don't we lift our hands and pray right now? Why don't we lift our hands and pray right now all over this house in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, can we stretch our hands towards the back and pray for our brother right now? Come on, let's pray for him in Jesus' name, right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, church, help us pray. Help us pray right now. Come on. It's all right. It's all right. Let's pray. It's okay. He's okay. Let's pray. Let's pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Guillermo. It's okay. 